Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here um, <clears throat> celebrating with us on this first Sunday in the new year. Um, always fun uh, getting to do church with a mostly empty room. Uh, <laughs> none of us are excited about doing church this way, but we are so glad that you've joined us. Um, the one nice thing about this is it lets you uh, check in with us from wherever you happen to be. So wherever you're starting your, your uh, new year from today, uh, you get to tune in, you get to participate in our service this morning, and we're glad that you have. So my name's Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor here at Living Hope Community Church, and we like to start our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's continue worshiping as we pray. Lord, I thank you for that overwhelming love that you have for us this morning and, and always. Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity to be here with the few folks that are here in this building and those who are watching uh, virtually, Lord, each and every one of them. I thank you for them and for the, the commitment that they've made to being in community with us this morning. Lord, your love truly is overwhelming and reckless when we look at it from our perspective. But Father, I can't imagine any love better, any love purer, any love more divine and holy. So Lord, I pray that as we go into the rest of this service, as Pastor Rich brings us your word, and as we hear the, the message that you have given him for us this morning, that you would continue, continue to work, that your Holy Spirit would continue to speak to each one of us, that you would give Pastor Rich a special anointing this morning. We pray these things with assurance that you are doing all things for our good. And we pray this in your name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Well, now we're going to have Pastor Rich come, and he's going to share a few things, and then he'll be bringing us the message. Thank you, Pastor Judy. Uh, let me get, the, get up here and get the mask off. And, whew, all right. So many things I'm uh, looking forward to leaving behind, but can't leave behind quite yet. Can't, uh, can't get rid of these just yet. Uh, someday soon, hopefully. Uh, it, uh, it's good to have Pastor Judy with us this morning, uh, leading us in prayer, and uh, uh, some of you, I mentioned earlier that one of the nice things about uh, doing these things on video is that we get to uh, tune in from wherever we are. I'm looking forward later, hopefully, to catching Pastor Judy preaching this morning. She's on her way right now, uh, heading out the door, to go preach at our sister church uh, down the road on Highway 30, uh, um, South Lake Church of the Nazarene. Uh, for a second, the name was uh, getting mixed up with another one, but uh, she'll be at South Lake Church of the Nazarene this morning, preaching a little bit later, and... Um, filling in for the pastor there who, uh, who turned up sick. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing her preach. We got to hear her a couple of weeks ago uh, during the Advent season. And um, if you want to tune in and catch her preaching later today, you can do that too. Um, Oh, by way of announcements, real quick, uh, we would love to connect with you uh, to keep this from being just a distant thing. Uh, so if you want to go to livinghope.info slash connect, uh, there's a chance for you to fill out a little digital connect card. Let us know you're with us. Let us know how we can pray for you. We would love to be able to do that. And, um, and just share with us, you know, what's going on in your life. Uh, we're trying to do our best to keep in touch with texts and phone calls and emails and all those kinds of things. But... Uh, yeah, if there's a need in your life, if there's a way that you would like to connect with us, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Uh, thank you to all of you who continue to give. Uh, we had a really good end to 2020 in terms of giving. Some of you were giving right up to the last minute on December 31st, going online and making those gifts. And um, 
thank you to those of you who have been so generous, especially those of you who have been generous toward uh, our sister church in Hammond, uh, the Mission Church out there, those of you who have given so generously to Habitat for Humanity, and uh, to the Good Neighbor Fund to help keep uh, people's uh, rent paid and uh, utilities on and medicine purchased. through this winter. Uh, you can still give anytime to that Good Neighbor Fund. Uh, when you go to livinghope.info slash give, there's a little drop down. You can just give to the general fund, which then we can allocate as we need, or if you want to give specifically to the Mission Church or to Habitat or to um, the Good Neighbor Fund, you can do that. Um, and thank you to those of you who continue to faithfully give so that this church can continue to do the work of Christ here and around the world. And uh, we're trying something new now that January is here, uh, a little morning prayer, Monday to Friday, 7.30 in the morning, uh, a little, just a little 10, 15 minute thing. Sometimes it'll be live, sometimes it'll be pre-recorded, but it's, it's just a chance for us to meet together, to pray. Uh, I say meet together, but you don't have to do your hair or, uh, or anything else. You don't have to be dressed, I suppose, because it's just one way right now, okay? It's not a Zoom meeting where you have to have your camera on or anything. If you go to livinghope.info slash pray, you'll be able to find us. We're trying to get it out all the same way, like however you're watching right now, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or at livinghope.info slash live. Uh, We're going to hope to have that out every morning, Monday to Friday, 7.30. Again, just a little bit of scripture, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of reflection to help get your day started well, which actually kind of connects with what I want to go with the message this morning. Um, So can you guys see me right now? You can't, can you? Oh, there I am. Hi. Um, isn't technology fun? All right. Uh, so we are in this new year, and, uh, and we're also kind of at the conclusion of the Christmas season. Um, that's why we've still got, I don't know if you can see it on the camera anymore, we've got the, the little Christ candle still lit here in front of us. Uh, we still have some candles uh, scattered around here from our Christmas Eve service that uh, several of you mentioned uh, you got to participate with us. If not, if you missed it, guess what? It's still there on the internet. You can still participate. But um, we're in the... Uh, Oh, I didn't count again. I don't know what day of Christmas we're in right now. Like the 10th or 11th or something? I, can't, I don't know if I'm supposed to be giving swans or lords of leaping or what I'm supposed to be giving today. But anyway, to my true love. Um, but we're concluding the Christmas season, these 12 days of Christmas, and moving toward Epiphany, the season of Epiphany, which technically starts on January 6th, but many churches go ahead on the Sunday before, like today, and, and talk about Epiphany um, and read the scriptures that refer to this. It's this idea that... Uh, it not this idea, it's this uh, celebration of the moment that Jesus Christ is revealed. Uh, An epiphany, you know, is like one of those aha moments, like, oh, I've just had an epiphany. I've just had a realization. I've just had a recognition that Jesus really is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. This babe born in a manger really is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the one sent by God to make all things new, uh, through whom the whole world is being uh, saved and restored and renewed, and I am being invited to be a part of that. Uh, The scripture that is often used for this Sunday, uh, or for Epiphany, is from Matthew chapter 2. And my apologies, it won't be on the screen. You'll just have to follow along uh, or uh, or grab it later. But you're probably familiar with the story. In Matthew chapter 2, it's the story of the the wise men. Um, It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And that Magi word is... Frankly, we're not sure exactly what it's referred to, you know, the, where they, we three kings of Orient are, you know, traveled here, uh, follow a star. Uh, or were they, were they kings? Were they scientists, astrologers? They were, we know they were watching the heavens and deriving meaning from that because they say uh, these magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, or we saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. So these are... Uh, foreigners, perhaps Persians. Uh, These are people from a distant land that are showing up in the capital city of Jerusalem saying, hey, 
we, we saw in the stars that a new king had been born here in Israel. And we've come to, uh, to worship him, to pay him homage, to uh, give gifts, and uh, to recognize him as royalty. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him, for a very good reason. Because he hadn't had a, a kid lately. You know? I mean, he recognizes, uh-oh, has some, is something going on here that we don't know about? Uh, it's not happening in my palace. Verse 4 says, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, this long-awaited anointed one, the one who would be king. And they answer, in Bethlehem, Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Probably a little confusing to the Magi. They're thinking, well, isn't it your child? You know, it's the new king has been born and you're the king. Wouldn't this? Okay, you tell me to go to Bethlehem. Okay, we'll go to Bethlehem. So after they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which is why we think maybe there were three of them, because they give three gifts. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Many of you know the rest of that story, uh, because Herod, of course, did not want to go worship the child, but when he finds out that the wise men had not come back, but had left and had avoided him, he gets angry, and his goal is to destroy this, uh, this threat, this new threat to his throne, to his power. And so he sends his soldiers to Bethlehem to kill every uh, male child year, uh, age two and younger. So apparently that star had appeared sometime in the last year, year and a half. You know, Jesus by this time probably isn't still sleeping on a bed of hay in a manger, uh, uh, but is, you know, a year and a half, maybe two years old. And so uh, Herod says, just kill them all. And it's a massacre. And we see that people with power continue to do ugly things, even to this day, to try to hold on to their power. And um, it's the kind of thing that uh, causes some of us to be very disillusioned when it comes to politics and things like that. That's not where this morning's message is going, all right? The, um, the point of this story for me today is that here God is doing this amazing thing, bringing his son into the world, uh, this Messiah, this anointed one, who is going to make all things new and who is going to challenge the powerful and help them to see that they, um, you know, they do not have ultimate authority, but he is king of kings, Lord of all lords, that they ultimately serve a higher power and a higher purpose. Uh, but this, this new king that is being born isn't just for the people of Israel. It's not just a king over uh, this people who had been walking with God and in a covenant relationship with God for thousands of years to this point. But the plan all along had been for God through this king to kind of throw the doors open to all the nations of the world, to invite all of us in on the action. And, he, and Matthew, as he tells the story, says, look, and we see this right from the start as these magi, uh, these scientists, astrologers, these, um, these people from a foreign land are coming, are recognizing. They've been paying attention to what God is doing in the world, and they're noticing God is doing something new. And we want to come. We want to be a part of it. We don't want to miss out. With the uh, 
flipping of the page of the calendar uh, or with the change of that last digit uh, on, the, on the year, um, many of us take this opportunity to think about things being new. You know, about letting go of the old and welcoming new things. And uh, I've seen all kinds of fun things on Facebook as people are, uh, um, you know, presenting 2020 and 2021 in different ways and trying to say uh, there was one where the, the 202 were trying to get rid of the last zero to change it from 2020 to 2021. The last zero was like a germ. I think it was supposed to be the coronavirus, you know. And they're trying to get rid of it. And th- this tough-looking one comes along and jabs the virus with a, with a syringe. And, uh, you know, he goes away and there's the one at the end, 2021. Like, hey, all right, new year. Um, all kinds of ways that we try to use this moment um, to say, you know what, I would like to see some change in my life. There are things that I want to leave behind, and there are new things that I want to try, that I want to start, uh, or maybe there are old habits I want to leave behind. I don't know what I'm replacing them with yet, but I just, I want some freedom from those. I want, I want some freedom from those addictions. I want some freedom from those bad habits. I, I want to establish some new habits. Um, the gyms, I don't know how this is going to be impacted by COVID, but typically right now the gyms are packed. Because everybody is going back trying to lose some weight, not just the weight they put on uh, over the holiday season, but now put, losing the weight they put on all during the, what is it, the, the COVID-19? Is that what they say? Like you put on 19 pounds for the COVID-19? Um, <clears throat> I don't know how many I put on, but I did not lose the weight I thought I was going to in 2020, that's for sure. Uh, so the gyms are packed. People are thinking about diets. I've been getting, I got an email from a gym that we haven't been a part of for like years saying, we want you back and offering a great deal for us to get in there because this is the time. And... Uh, Psychologists have actually found that these are helpful times, that the, the beginning of a new year, even just the beginning of a new week, and sometimes even just the beginning of a new day, uh, does something for us mentally that says, you know what, okay, that was the past, now I'm walking into something new. I, I might have failed in the past, now I've got a chance to try something different, to try not to fail, to try to, to succeed in this effort, whatever it might be, uh, going forward. And so I don't want to uh, rain on that parade at all, I want to celebrate that, and um, and recognize that, yes, God is continually wanting to do new things in our lives, uh, but we need to pay attention so that we catch what those are. It's not always the new things that we want uh, to participate in, uh, but it's the new things that God is doing. And I believe that 2021 really can be a year where each one of us, where you see dramatic personal growth, uh, where your relationship with God uh, grows uh, closer and, and deeper than it ever has been before, where your relationships with your family, with each other. Uh, some of you have spent a lot more time with your family this past year than you have before. And some of it's been good, some of it not so good. Uh, there have been tensions, you know, that have been revealed that were there that had been hidden because you didn't see each other that much. And now, oof, boy, uh, you can't miss them anymore. 2021 has the chance, this new year, uh, this future that we are entering into now, you can, you can grow closer. Those relationships can, what has been broken has the potential to be healed. Uh, distance has the potential to be bridged. Um, it could be some personal habits. It could be some personal changes you need to make in just your own, uh, the, the way you're living, the way you're thinking. Um, it could be that you've uh, been crippled by anxiety or by worries or uh, <clears throat> those sorts of things, and you're going to turn a new leaf going into this new year. You're going to have a new focus. You're going to have a new peace, a new joy. And I believe that this is something that God wants to do for us. Uh, but we have to be like those wise men. We have to be paying attention so we don't miss it. You know, that, those same stars were in the sky. Anybody could have looked at them, I suppose. But it's only these magi who notice and who make the connection that, oh, God's doing something here, and I want to be a part of it. We have great potential to uh, completely miss the things that God is doing around us, to just cruise right on by and not even see, not even hear uh, the things that God's wanting to say to us, not see the things God's wanting to do, uh, 
in us and through us uh, because we get busy. We get focused on our own agenda, on our own stuff, and we forget to be paying attention to God. Um, that's something that I'm wanting us to do in this January series, uh, this Life Reimagined. I, I'm gonna, we're going to, over these next few weeks, I'm going to share with you some of the things I've been learning about the power of our imagination, about the power of our thought life, and how that can transform the way that we uh, feel and the way that we live. Um, but today, I just want to, there's one little thing I want to highlight. Uh, there are a few, a few scriptures, and um, well, one of them here, Romans chapter 12. Um, I know I've shared this one before. This is one, because it's one that I really uh, appreciate uh, the way this is phrased by the Apostle Paul as he is talking to these Christians in Rome. Uh, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying God has a plan for you. He has, he has his, his will, what he wants for your life. And if you want to know what that is, if you want to recognize what that is, if you want to be able to test and approve and say, ah, yes, this is the path God would have me go down, then we need to stop conforming to the pattern of this world and letting it squeeze us into its mold and just letting the world around us shape us and the way that we think and the way that we view ourselves and the way that we view others. And we need to let God uh, transform us by the renewing of our minds. We need to think differently. We need to imagine differently. Um, Many of us, as we go through life, um, we miss the things God is doing because we're not expecting God to do anything. We're just thinking that today is going to be just like yesterday, and yesterday nothing spectacular happened, so I don't expect anything spectacular to happen today. And we just kind of think every day is going to be the same as the day before. And instead, God is, I feel like God is just there like, hey, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to do something new. I'd like to do something with you. Um, there's an experiment I need to find the video. I hope this video is available out there. Uh, I, was, I was looking at the book this last week, and, uh, and, and then I happened to read about the experiment in another book I was reading this week uh, about the, um, the invisible gorilla. Have you guys heard of this experiment that was done? Uh, they, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was probably with college students. Uh, college students, you're an excellent uh, uh, test subject uh, group, and uh, psychologists are always trying to do things with college students. But they had people watching a video. And uh, in this video are people passing basketballs back and forth. And there's a team wearing white and there's a team wearing black. And they've asked the people watching the video uh, to count the number of times. You've seen this? Okay, Amanda's over here saying, oh, I know this one. Yeah, they're asking, have you seen the video? Yeah. Okay, all right. I think I have in the past, but it's been a long time, so I need to find it. Because this was done a long time ago. And, uh, and they're asking people, okay, count the number of passes by the people in the wearing white, but ignore the people wearing black. Don't count theirs. Just count the number of passes you see from the team wearing white. And so it takes a lot of focus, and the people are watching this video, and they're very focused, and they're counting uh, the number of times the basketball's been passed. And partway through this video, someone walks across the screen in a gorilla suit, pounds their chest, and then walks back off. Right there, where you can't miss it. But m- the vast majority of people who do this experiment, miss the gorilla. They don't see it at all. A gorilla that walks right in front of them, beats its chest and walks off, and they just miss it. And they ask them afterwards, you know, okay, so how many times did the white team pass? And they go, oh man, I think it was this many, you know. Okay, you're pretty sure? Yeah, I, I did my best to count it. Okay, and did you notice the gorilla? Wait, what? The gorilla? Sorry, what gorilla? About halfway through, there was a gorilla walked across. No, no, there wasn't. And these people are adamant. There was no gorilla. Like, they think they're just making it up until they go back and they watch it again. And they're like, what? Really? No, there was a gorilla walked right across. Are you guys watching the video right now? Okay, send that to me. Send that to me so I can share it. Share it on Facebook or something because uh, I want to get that out there for folks. Uh, I came across it too late to actually find it and to, and to share it. Uh, 
But the idea is we can get, I think of that for our own spiritual life. God is not a gorilla walking across, but God could do something dramatic right in front of our faces and we could miss it because we're so focused on what we are focused on that we don't see what God wants to show us. Uh, There's a fantastic book written uh, back in 2011 by Daniel Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow. It talks about two different ways that our brains work. Like there's fast thinking and there's slow thinking. And they call them like system one and system two. And the the fast thinker, that's like your intuition. That's the the part of you that recognizes instantly. uh, Like if something's a threat or if something's coming toward you. uh, Or if there's a loud noise, the part of your brain that like quickly pays attention to that loud noise. This is the part of our brain that tries to keep us safe. That's trying to make sure, it's kind of noticing things. And uh, making, sometimes it's to make snap judgments, you know, like, uh, is this something I need to pay attention to or can I, can I ignore this? And then there's the slow part of our thinking, the part of our brain that, that has to focus, that has to pay attention to things, that has to work out the solution to that math problem, that sort of thing. And that these two parts of our brain sometimes are kind of at war with each other. They, they influence each other, they uh, inform each other, and, uh, and oftentimes these things can, can influence us as, as people study these things. They find that uh, things influence us often without our even knowing. Um, another fascinating uh, experiment done with college students um, <clears throat> where they had them, uh, uh, it's this idea of priming someone for something. Have you guys heard of this? In, uh, in, they'll do experiments with uh, social scientists, psychologists, they'll do the experiments where they prime someone to be thinking in a certain way and then they encounter something and they see, will they, will they uh, interact with it differently? Uh, one, the example that comes to mind, uh, they had two groups of these college students, and they had them, they gave them like five words in a jumble, and they said, just make a four-word phrase out of those. And some of them, it was just a random, you know, it was just some whatever phrase, didn't have anything to do with anything. Some of them, they specifically made those words have to do with something to do with uh, people who are older, or uh, so they had words like Florida, uh, retired, uh, elderly, bald, um, wrinkles, they, they would include a word like that in the sentence that they had to make. Just one of those words, and, they would, uh, and so the sentence they would make would have something to do with something having to do with an older person, and the other one just was some random sentence about anything else. And then, and they, so they had them do this jumble, and then they had to walk down a hall to the experiment where the rest of the experiment was going to take place, but what the kids didn't know, the students didn't know, was that the walk down the hall was the experiment. And so they would do this word jumble, and then they would walk down the hall, and they would get to the room where the experiment was supposed to take place, and they would just be told, okay, thank you, we're done. And what they did was they measured how, how quickly or slowly they walked down that hall. And they found, this seems crazy to me, that people who had done a word jumble that included words having anything to do with old, old age, um, they walked more slowly down that hall than the people who had done just some random word jumble about anything else. Isn't that just nuts? I mean, just because in the back of their mind, something was thinking about, you know, older people or whatever, then as they walked down that hall, they walked more slowly. Uh, this stuff just kind of blows my mind. But it's that, it's that same idea that we've all encountered where, um, you know, you get a new shirt, and then the next thing you know, you see lots of people, like, wearing a similar style shirt. Like, oh, oh, they're wearing that shirt. Oh, they're wearing that. Or you get a new car, and all of a sudden, it seems like everybody on the road is driving that same car. And um, I remember this back in the day when Saturn was fairly new. That, no, not even around anymore. We ended up uh, owning a Saturn. And... Um, I think that was even in their commercials, like you're joining this family and all of a sudden you're seeing all these other people driving Saturns and waving to them. And, and sure enough, as soon as we were driving a Saturn, we were like, oh, that's a Saturn. Oh, that's a Saturn. We, we saw them everywhere. Some of you have uh, been like that with like a Volkswagen or some other kind of distinctive vehicle. And you uh, actually know it doesn't have to be distinctive. When we had to get our minivan, uh, our plain blue minivan, uh, when our, we realized we couldn't get the kids in and out of the other car with the car seats, we needed the sliding doors, um, all of a sudden... 
these minivans are everywhere, not just random minivans, the same minivan that I, that I drive all the time, the same color blue, they're everywhere. Uh, it's because I've been primed now to notice it, um, even without thinking about it, just like those college students hadn't been told, think about old people. They just did something that had something to do with the, And there are other experiments where they have them think about money. Ooh, this is a weird one. If they do anything that primes them to be thinking about money, then in the rest of the experiment, they tend to be more selfish, tend to be less helpful, less generous toward others. And it could be as simple as the room that they're in has like a screensaver on a computer in the back of the room that has dollar bills on it or something. Uh, any little thing that makes the back of their mind think about money they end up being less helpful, less selfless uh, in the moments to follow. We are being shaped constantly. Whether it's the ads that you see on Facebook, whether it's the commercials you see on TV, whether it's the, uh, the things that you're hearing without realizing you're hearing on the radio that's on in the background uh, or on the TV that's left on in the background, we are constantly being shaped by influences all around us that impact the way we live that prime us to look at the world in certain ways, or to notice certain things and not notice other things. And my hope is that for us, moving into this new year, we can do things that will prime us to notice the things that God wants, to, wants us to notice, whether it's something he wants to say to us, something he wants to show us, so that we don't miss out on what God wants to do in our lives in this coming year. Uh, that's one reason why we're doing this little experiment with morning prayer, why we're saying, okay, 7.30 in the morning, now, and this is not easy for me to do because of the schedules with the kids and everything. Uh, 7.30 is not a great time, but it's the best time I could come up with that was early enough that it would still be morning before work for many of you and, and uh, late enough that it's like manageable. Um, but please give us feedback. If it would work much better to have this happen at 6 a.m. or at 8.30 a.m. or something like that, let us know. The nice thing is, if you miss it at 7.30, it's still out there, and you can watch it at 8 or at 8.15 or at 2 in the afternoon. Whenever you get up, you can watch this. But the idea is, let's start our day with a little moment of coming together, even if only virtually, and uh, centering our hearts and our thoughts on God, on a little bit of Scripture, on, on a prayer that we can pray together. And oftentimes, these Scriptures are going to be drawn from Scriptures that uh, Christians around the world are looking at that day, praying prayers that fellow Christians are praying that day. And we're joining together with people all around the world who are following Jesus and saying, today, God, I want to notice the things uh, that you are doing in my life. It's one of the reasons that just about every November, as we're heading toward Thanksgiving, I encourage you to start keeping some kind of a gratitude journal, to in the evening, uh, every night, just write down uh, two or three things that you're thankful for that God did that day, because that primes us then, each and every day, to be watching for something good in our lives, to not get bogged down in the negative, but to keep our thoughts fixed on the positive, to, to be uh, paying attention to what God wants to do so that we can be thinking, uh, thank you, God. So we can be going through life uh, with a, a heart filled with gratitude. Uh, going through life recognizing that God is with us. That God loves us and cares for us and is moving and is active in our lives. I want us not to just be conformed to the pattern of this world. But for me, from, for me. Then again, this is one reason why I'm doing this experiment with morning prayers. Because it's good for me, all right, having to do this. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to picture life differently couple of other scriptures that are in the back of my mind as we're moving into this series. I'm just going to toss them out there um, for good measure. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, the Apostle Paul mentions that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up, up, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
Some of us have been captured by a view of the world that just isn't true. We have been lied to by the devil, and we have been told that, you know, that we are not worth as much as that person over there. Or that we have failed because we have failed in the ways that we have failed, or because we have suffered at the hands of others and things they've done to us, that we are just, we're just not as good. We're not worth you know, God loving us, or that person caring about us, or uh, we walk into every situation with our head kind of bowed down thinking we don't deserve to be there. And instead, the truth that God tells us is that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus for you. To, to rescue you from that stronghold that has you captive to those lies, to set you free. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the one that leads us to our Heavenly Father. He helps us to know that our Heavenly Father is love and is with us. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He's saying, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Jesus perfectly represents. He's the exact representation of the being of God, of who God really is at his core. You can look at Jesus. If you've you've had a picture of God that says God is angry with you, that says God is disappointed in you, that says I I better not look to God because God doesn't want anything to do with me. Uh, I, I wrecked that chance a long time ago. You know, yeah, back in the day, you know, grandma took me to church or whatever, my parents, or, and I, I had a shot at being a Christian. Or I had a shot at, at living a life that God wanted me to live, but I, I blew that a long time. No, don't listen to those lies, all right? Look at, the, look at Jesus and realize I'm seeing a picture here of the God who loves me so much that he would send Jesus to come to enter into our broken humanity and to fill it with his wholeness, with his healing. Jesus encountered people constantly who had been pushed aside, who had been pushed down, and he lifts them up. He brings them in. He heals them. He restores them. He renews them. And he goes even to the point of death. Now, you can't see the cross that's behind me on the wall here. But he goes, he goes even to the point of, of death, and he defeats death. He joins us in the death that sin, sin brings, and he conquers it and brings us forgiveness and grace and life. This is how much God loves you. This is the God who, in the, in the blessing we often end our services uh, with that comes out of Scripture, this is the God whose face shines upon you, who turns his face towards you and gives you grace and peace. We can look at Jesus, we can see the glory of God, and, uh, and we have the chance to be transformed into the image of Christ, to look more and more like Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. He's saying we get a chance to contemplate the Lord's glory, to look at the Lord, to look at his presence. We're going we're to do some of that uh, probably next week because we're running out of time this morning. This idea of what does it mean to contemplate the Lord's glory, to just spend some time uh, looking at Jesus, to, to recognize that Jesus is in the room with us. As we do this, as we contemplate his glory, we are transformed. Our minds are transformed. We are transformed. And we get to live differently. So my hope for us as we move into this new year is that we'll pay attention. (laughs) We'll pay attention to the things that influence us. We'll pay attention to what God is saying and doing. That we will give him 
uh, enough of our attention and our focus, perhaps in a daily rhythm of every morning, starting by with scripture, with prayer, with something. And it doesn't have to be our little morning prayer video. It could be a, a little daily bread devotional. It could be the Bible app on your phone. It could be any number of things, any number of ways that you can have a little moment of centering your heart and your thoughts on God and inviting God, please, would you speak to me today? Would you show yourself to me today? Would you reveal yourself? Help me to have an epiphany today to see you where you are present in my life, Lord Jesus. Maybe you're going to do something, maybe the rhythm of your life, it works better to be at the end of the day where you can reflect at the end of the day and say, okay, God, today was a hard one, but you know what? You were present. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being there. Thank you for these ways that you were present in my life. What a good way to end the day thanking God for his presence and get to, get to sleep peacefully knowing that, that the God of the universe, the God who made you, loves you and is with you. Oh, man, there's all kinds of stuff I was hoping. All right, it's a good thing this is a series because then I get to extend this out over these next few weeks. But, uh, but the truth that I want us to, to live with is that God is present with us. It, we saw, saw in the season of Advent, and here we are closing out Christmas. Remember that Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. God has given himself to us in his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus now has, has poured himself out for us in the Holy Spirit that he gives to each and every one of us that is with us right now, that is with you right where you are, that is going to give you the strength and the courage to face the rest of this day and the rest of this week as kids go back to school and teachers go back to school, as, uh, as we have all kinds of things that take place in Washington, D.C. Uh, this week. Uh, and in Georgia, with runoff elections, all the stuff that's happening in the world of politics, all the things that are happening in the world, all the things that are happening in our lives, God is with us. And God, by his Holy Spirit, is present with us to guide us, to strengthen us, to restore us, to, to extend to us God's grace. I want us to experience that together in this new year. And I'm excited to see where he's going to take each and every one of us as we open ourselves up to him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this love that you have for us, that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming close to us in him and coming even closer in the gift of your Holy Spirit that, that lives within us, that empowers us and transforms us by your grace. Thank you, God. Thank you for this love. Thank you for this life that you give us. And thank you for this new year. God, you know that for most of us, there are things that took place in 2020 that we really want to leave behind. There are fears there are anxieties, there are disappointments, there are frustrations, there is, there is guilt, there is shame, there, is, there are failures that, God, we don't want to drag them into this new year. And some of us already right now, just three days into it, we're already feeling like we've failed. We've already dragged some of those things with us. God, today, would you help us to experience a fresh start? Would you help us to experience your grace, that is, your, your mercies that are new every morning? Great is your faithfulness, the scriptures say. So God, today, would you help us to experience your grace and your mercy? Today, would you help us to, to recognize that we can have a fresh start in you, that that's why you sent Jesus, not to condemn us, but to save us, to redeem us, to take all that is ugly and to, and to turn it into something beautiful, to take all that death and turn it into life, to take all that is broken and turn it into something that is whole, that is useful, that is good for, for us and for the world. God, thank you that you take ordinary, messed up people like us. You embrace us as your kids. You wash us, make us clean. You give us the gift of your Holy Spirit. And you invite us to be a part of this grand work of redemption that you are doing in the world. God, you already have big plans for 2021. 
And we want to be a part of what you are doing. We don't want to miss any of it, God. So would you please help us to pay attention to you? Would you help us to pay attention to the things that are shaping our thoughts? Would you help us to make sure that that we're giving you a chance to shape our thinking, to shape our attention, so that we can be aware of you and the ways that you are present in our lives? Thank you, God. Thank you for the chance we have to, uh, to celebrate today this gift of love in the celebration of communion. Uh, in just a few moments after we sing, we're going to take bread and juice and offer them to you and, and, and invite you to be present to us in simple things like bread and juice. Would you help us, God, to experience the presence of our crucified and risen Lord Jesus in this sacrament? We offer you ourselves, God. And invite you to do your transforming work by the power of your Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us, so that we can live in this world as the body of Christ, as your sons and daughters, carriers of your grace to those that you send us to. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'd like to invite you to pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That is the invitation that is made to meet him at his table. And so uh, I hope that some of you (laughs) join us in this moment as we uh, take bread and take juice and celebrate communion together. Um, The Lord, on the night he was betrayed, uh, was celebrating the Passover with his disciples, and he took bread and broke it, gave thanks, said, uh, take, eat, this is my body, broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. Likewise, after the meal, he took the cup, said this, I gave thanks, gave it to them, said this cup uh, is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. We do remember, Lord Jesus, the love that you have shown us, that you would enter our death and give us life. Help us today um, to trust you to receive from you the grace and the mercy that you offer, the forgiveness of sins, the newness of life, the opportunity to walk through this world in a new way because we are loved by you, because your Holy Spirit guides us and strengthens us every step of the way. Thank you, God, for the transforming work that you're going to be doing in our lives today, this week, this year. We're excited to see it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That you receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.